Welcome to another edition of The Travelling Introvert. And this time we are doing career conversations with, see, and this is what happens when I change my screen. We are doing an interview today with Diana Robertson, and she is going to introduce herself. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Diana Robertson, and I am a communication skills trainer and a TEDx coach and speaker, and also the founder of SkillsMe, a soft skills academy. Ooh, okay. And thank you. Thank you for that nice, brief, short introduction. Uh, one thing that I have found out about you or that you actually told me is that you consider yourself to be a shy introvert. Is that correct? That was uh, in the past. I used to consider oh. myself as Whoa. a shy introvert. That's right. Okay. <laughs> so then my question is, why did you consider yourself to be a shy introvert? Well, you see, if we talk... Uh, some time ago, uh, when I was at school, for example, just, just to give you an idea what type of person I was, I was the type of person who would, all, who would sit in the class, would know all the answers, but never raise her hand. In fact, I would sit at the back end of the classroom because I would be afraid of just that attention I'm going to get, or potentially the judgment from all those people if they hear my answer, if I say it out loud in front of these, oh my God, 10 other students. Okay, and so now what would you consider yourself to be? Uh, well, I don't believe that you can change your personality trait. I think, my personal opinion, I think that if you're born an introvert, you will stay an introvert. However, shyness and introversion are not the same thing. Shyness is the level of your confidence and the confidence level can be built. And so now I consider myself to be a confident introvert. Ooh, okay. And so what do you consider to be the, uh, not specifications, but there's, there's a word in there that I'm trying to think of that signifies that you are a now a confident introvert? A word? Uh, I mean, no, I can't think of the word. Sorry. It's what, what's the difference now between the shy introvert and the confident introvert in your mind? Like what makes you a confident introvert? Okay, uh, I would say I don't feel discomfort uh, when I need to socialize. So in my opinion, that is confidence uh, for introverts. Now, of course, confidence can come in many shapes and forms. I mean, confidence can be, I don't know, in the way that you lead, that's one confidence. In the way that you speak, it's another confidence, in my opinion, because you can build your confidence in anything that you do. But in general, when we talk about introversion, I kind of think of communication skills more. Uh, so I'm a, a socially confident introvert, if that makes sense. All right. Okay, yeah, no, that does make sense. Thank you so much for clarifying that, because I was like, it's really interesting to hear what individual people think and how they think about it. So you mentioned that you're the founder of this amazing organization. And one question I have about that is every industry has its misconceptions, just like mm. being an introvert has misconceptions. People assume certain things. So can you tell me about what of the top types of misconceptions about your industry? Sure. So just to, to give you an idea of what exactly is it that I do. So uh, we teach at our school, we teach communication skills. 
actually we teach them not only to introverts, we teach them to extroverts as well. It's just that we notice that majority of people who come to us are introverts. It's just, it's a nice observation there. So it seems that more introverts want to develop social skills. When I say social, I mean all types of skills, communication skills, social skills, like public speaking, I don't know, conversations day-to-day, -day, interview skills, etc. And um, the one of the challenges that we face, and it is also the misconception in the market, is that a lot of people who may struggle with communication skills, let's say they're, um, they're not very good presenters, for example, uh, a lot of them believe that this is just who they are and it's not something they can change. So, and uh, as such, uh, well, it's difficult. It's a very difficult misconception to deal with because we need sometimes to first educate people that you know what, actually change is possible. Yes, maybe you haven't observed it so much, maybe at school or university, because you don't really see people change this 180, uh, 180 degrees, like from being, you know, a shy, awkward introvert to suddenly becoming, you know, a very confident and outspoken person. They don't see that very much, but it doesn't mean that it's not possible. It's just the question of working on your communication skills. So what the uh, the issue this is causing us is that we can't just teach people communication skills. With a lot of people, we need to tell them, you know what, actually you can develop communication skills. Here are the examples of people who have done it. And only later, okay, here is how we, you can learn them, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, edu educating the prospective client is huge. And that, thank you for talking me through that misconception because it's something that I think a lot of, industry see but it's really that much more pronounced in coaching and in courses because if someone already goes in with the mindset of well I can't change anyway it makes it that much harder for them to be engaged and, and make those changes absolutely and it makes it harder for them to even consider such change so I mean in, in business language they are not our clients because they don't they're not aware they're aware of the problem, but they're not aware that there is even a solution for it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's one of the reasons we go to a lot of universities and just give different uh, open workshops to students where we share with them that, you know what, it's, it's, it's important to develop soft skills and communication skills. They can help you in this and this and this, and uh, it's possible to learn them. Uh, and you're welcome to join us, <laughs> for example. Okay, awesome. And so you mentioned now being a confident introvert that is quite happy to go and socialize so to speak uh, so can you tell me about one of the most important connections you've made in your career that's a good question I think I can think of one really important connection who doesn't even probably realize he was this important to me and that was actually at the start of my career. In fact, one of the people who started my career, I would say. Um, I remember now, before I started teaching communication skills, I myself, I never considered that as a, 
uh, something I would do in my life. Never. In fact, I told you, I mean, I was quite shy. I was quite awkward. It's not the type of thing I, I saw myself doing, even speaking to you on a podcast or, or, I don't know, presenting at TEDx or things like that. It wasn't my type of thing. Uh, but at one point in my life, I realized that I do have an issue with communication skills and I really struggle. I really struggled with job interviews and I absolutely could not do any speeches in public whatsoever. I mean, I would I would go red. My hands would start to shake. Uh, everything would go wrong. I mean, absolutely everything would go wrong. And at one point in my life, I also realized that, okay, I need to do something about it. And um, one of the things I tried was joining a public speaking club. Now, when I joined a public speaking club, I started to see people who are absolutely fantastic speakers. I mean, I was just looking at them and I was just thinking, oh my God, I will never be like you. <laughs> um, and um, there was uh, this time when a speaker flew from another country to uh, our club, and it was in the club, several clubs joined in, they, they made a conference uh, and he, he flew to that conference and he spoke. And Dennis, he spoke so well. I was just thinking, oh my God. I mean, wh where do they even create these people? Or maybe he was born this way. He's a, he's a God. <laughs> and then um, after the conference, there was this after party and uh, I just came to him and asked him, so how did he do all that? How did he manage to become an international speaker? And he was like, you know, it's actually not that hard. You just need to put yourself out there. And I'm sure you can do it too. Just send your applications in different places and just speak. Start small, then, then add the difficulty gradually. And then you'll start flying to other countries as well. And when I heard that, I was like, aha, sure, I'm going to do that. <laughs> Um, but um, later, you know what, I started trying something like that. I started to see some opportunities and I thought, well, why not? I'll just send an application, see what happens. And you know what? You could accept it. So I flew to Prague, which interestingly was the place where that person was from. And I met that person there and I said, see, I did just like you told me. And Janice, you know what he told me? It was like, what did I tell you? <laughs> Don't you realize that the whole reason I'm here is you? I was like, really? <laughs> Sorry, I really don't remember what I told you. <laughs> so, yeah, that was one of the most important connections and he doesn't even know about it. <laughs> that is wonderful. But that's also a really good story for people to realize that no matter what you say, people are kind of listening and even if you don't think you're influencing other humans you are they just might not come and tell you afterwards I mean you happen to go to Prague and tell him but if your conference that you were going to was in Paris and he wasn't there uh -huh. he never would have known yeah absolutely absolutely that is such a good point Janice. absolutely people are listening so you've got to be careful about the type of things that you say <laughs> Okay, so that, that brings me now to scary stuff. What is the scariest mm. thing that you have had to do for your career slash work slash business? Scariest thing. There are a lot of really scary things. I'm really not sure which one is the scariest, 
but uh, I suppose I'll give you just the fact that I started this company. That was scary. So um, just to give you a bit of a background, I this is my second startup. And uh, my first startup, which I tried in Russia, I am half Russian, um, that didn't go so well. Now that they, they there was uh, there were big opportunities for it, but it's just things did not went, did not go as planned, and I lost a lot of money. And I mean, a lot of money. Some of it was my family's money, so I was incredibly ashamed for the fact that that happened to me. Now. Uh, when I started that startup, I was I was fearless. I was like, okay, of course I'm gonna do it. I can see the opportunity. I can see the growing market. It was a food delivery, by the way. But back at the time when it was a new new thing, and in Russia it was even newer. I saw it work in UK. I thought, well, if I do it, definitely it's gonna work out. Well, <laughs> it didn't because uh, you need loads and loads of money for marketing, which I didn't have. But anyways, that's not the point. Uh, the point is that uh, I failed and uh, I had to let my team go. Uh, I had to let my office go. And uh, I lost my face because I, because of all the promises that I made to various companies. They were waiting for my product to come out. It didn't come out. And uh, I, the result was that I just lost the money. Or at least that's what I thought. Um, I thought that's all. I wasted time. I wasted money. Uh, later, I realized that actually I didn't waste anything because it was the knowledge that I got there helped me become the person I am um, in a sense of in that one, two years I was working at it, I learned so much about accounting, marketing, managing people, just all these businessy things that are absolutely essential for any business. So as such, I just see it as a paid large tuition fees for skills I actually needed and I did lack. Um, so when I got to open this startup, I mean, uh, I came more prepared, but at, at the same time, it was super scary because this time, now Skills My Academy is based in London, where I am based as well. Now, at this point, I left Russia, I relocated to the UK. I never started a business in the UK. I wasn't sure whether I will manage i mean i i was still young and i'm still young i mean i opened this one when i was 25 <laughs> so i don't know my head is kind of this young girl trying something um and it's it's really scary because you don't know you don't know where it's gonna get you and i started all, all only with my own money so um i was afraid i'm gonna lose all the money uh and then i will end up with nothing at the end so another <laughs> expensive tuition fees so that was one of the scariest things, I would say, just starting and opening it. But I'm glad I did it. And so it was scary because of all the, all the newness. But what inspired you to do it regardless? Well, I would say two things. Um, one of them is the fact that I always saw myself uh, being an entrepreneur, just always, I don't know, since, since my childhood. And I, I know exactly why, because I saw my dad being quite successful at, at it. And I was just like, you know what, I'm going to be even more successful. <laughs> uh, 
uh, but no, jokes aside, I always, I actually, this is something for me. I mean, I really enjoy entrepreneurship. I also really enjoy manage, uh, managerial roles. I'm pretty good at them, even though I say so myself. But in general, it's just organizing things. It's just, it's my strong, um, it, 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 I have strong abilities in organizing and managing things. And I enjoy doing that at the same time, which is why I figured out that either managing my own project, small project, or some project at another company, that's the perfect thing for me just to be happy and enjoy my work, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that kept me going. And another thing that kept me going is the industry itself. So the reason um, I even went to it, and remember, Dennis, I told you that I never considered myself teaching people communication skills. I mean, I myself was learning them at one point, but um, uh, I just started... Um, when I was learning and um, I, I got better, a lot of people started to approach me to help them become better. It's, it's something I never expected that would happen. They just came and I just helped them and for free, no money or anything, just because, okay, well, this is how I learned it. And then they would be so, so grateful for the help. And then I will see actual differences in their lives. Um, and once I started seeing that, my whole perspective on business has changed. And the, I realized that, well, maybe I shouldn't be chasing profits so much like I did with the first startup when I looked, there was this growing market, etc. cetera. Uh, but maybe I should be doing something that actually helps people and seeing the results of your help just by itself, it motivates you so much because you know, well, this happened because of my help. And then people write thank you letters, they, they come to you, they call you, and you're like, wow, I actually did something good. So I would say that's the second thing that kept me going specifically in this industry, because I know that uh, I do something good. I know that. <laughs> yeah you're, uh, that is that is that is a good reason that is a very good reason to keep doing what you're doing thank you so much for that insight and sharing that and so I have one final question that I ask everyone on uh, mm -hmm. career conversations that is not related to career conversations do you consider a hot dog to be a sandwich it's not a trick question it's not a trick question <laughs> Why does it sound like a big question? <laughs> um, uh, good question, Janice. I have never thought about it. But then if it's not a sandwich, what else would it be? I mean, bearing my English is my third language, so I'm I'm not sure. <laughs> what are you expecting to hear from me I mean for me in my culture I mean I ha we have this thing we don't have sandwiches we have a bread and then you put something on the bread so basically what's in English called an open sandwich now we call these sandwiches and every time I eat that in front of my husband he's like why are you eating a half-finished sandwich that's not a sandwich you shouldn't be eating that <laughs> so in my head hot dog would also be a sandwich for <laughs> me Thing you eat with bread is a sandwich um but yeah I don't know if that's the right answer is it there, there is no right answer it's really not a trick question it is a question that um sparks debate all across the internet and one time <laughs> I was doing an online co-working session with some humans and we had a break and I asked that question 
and it sparked conversation for a good 20 minutes and then we kept coming back to it after every like co-working to be like you know we do a pomodoro and then it's like no wait but but there's this and because we had engineers and we had like chefs and we had like different types of people from different types of, of professions talking about sandwich because it highlights just how different we all are um how different cultures name things and why things are named the way they are and how different like our brains think so some people are like well it has to be two separate slices of bread and some people are like well I mean as long as it's bread with something in it like why isn't that a sandwich uh like a crisp sandwiches yeah it sparked all sorts of conversations and so that's why I ask it that's not really the final question the final thank you for your answer and I really appreciate it and I love the fact that you were like well for me it means this but I know other people think this and this it was great that was wonderful but my real final final question is where can people find you on the internet so they can hear more about what you do uh so the best place to find me would be linkedin if you type in diana robertson skills me you will find me connect to me or follow me but if you want to connect to me write a message to me please 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 write in the message that you heard about me from this podcast because uh, i don't accept everyone <laughs> that's not because I don't like people just there is a lot a lot of uh spam in there so I just if I don't know who you are I might not accept you but this way I would know that you are a genuinely interested person who is not trying to sell me something again and that's how you will become my connection so Diana Robertson skills me on LinkedIn that is a very good point that's something that that chafes me as well when people just like do the connection thing and don't personalize it. I'm like, I don't, I don't know you. I don't know. what. And then I go and look at their, like what they do. And it's like, I help coaches do build six figure businesses. Or I, and I'm like, I'm not, I'm, we're good. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really, really appreciate it. It has been a pleasure listening to your stories and um, I wish you the best of luck with this wonderful journey that you are on. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for inviting.